Hello, hello. Oh, God, that's loud. <laughs> oh, I wasn't shouting. <laughs> it's my settings. Normally, I put on the the um, echo cancellation. I've not clicked it this morning, so everything's just a bit. <laughs> well, that woke me up. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sorry about that. You're all right. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Did you get any sleep? I did. I finished at a decent, uh, decent time last night. I got to bed about... Well, I finished work at 12, and then the guy that took over from me was asking um, some Titanic film questions. So think, oh, so you had to stay for that. I had to stay in here, yeah. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Just to set the record straight with him, so he was educated. Oh, oh, oh that's nice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it wasn't too bad. Oh, it was a lot cooler as well last night, so yeah. Yes, that makes a difference, doesn't it? You can actually sleep in the bed as opposed to on the bed. Well, we got some of these cooling blankets, but I don't really think they do anything, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, we tried the. Is it the weighted ones? They're too fucking heavy, especially when you're short like me. It's, it's just. <laughs> no. I don't not. know. I've never I've never tried those weighted ones, but but um. I didn't know you could get cooling blankets for people. I knew you can get them for dogs. It's pretty much the same um, material to me. <laughs> Just a bit bigger. <laughs> oh, dear. They're all right, but, yeah, I wouldn't advise them as um, no. <laughs> something to invest in by any means. <laughs> we did really well last week, you know, numbers-wise. Oh, good. With, that, with the whole questions thing. Yeah, that was ha- good. I, I loved answering people's questions. That was great. We've got we've got a couple more. I've narrowed them down because I know we're on a bit of a, a time restraint this morning. Um, yeah. So I've I've narrowed them down a little bit. Um, the first one that I got through was on WhatsApp, which is one of my mates called Liam, and he has put "Hello Pods Up Team." I have a question for Anita. If you had to pick the highlight of your fitness career and the highlight of your medical career what would they be and how do they compare in fulfilment for you on a personal level? Good God. What a question. That's start, amazing. Start off easy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Fitness career. Hmm. It's kind of hard to pick one thing. I mean every time mm. I do every time I do a Zumbathon it's just the most amazing experience. I'm not, I, I've kind of, I've maybe done, phew, 12, 14, 15 or something. I don't know. I haven't counted, but yeah. <laughs> so they're always good because there's, you know, there's multiple instructors. So there's a whole lot of people that I've never taught or seen before. And normally, um, you know, it's quite a deal more people than you get in your average class. So, mm-hmm. and the energy's just, well, you know what they're like. Uh, energy's just through the roof and it's great fun. And then, you know, you're raising money. So it makes me really happy to be able to be part of something that raise money. Instructors never take any money for doing a Zumbathon and then you just uh, send the money off. Uh, you know, I've done yeah. things for Bluebell Ward. I've done things for the... Blind society, strokes, um, cancer, all sorts of things. So all worthy causes, of course. But um, yeah, so they're always really exciting. I love doing those. And my other job in my other life, hmm, 
difficult not, <laughs> well not not things that are sort of highlights but there's kind of like um I mean, this, this is a, a, a heartbreaking story, but, um, you know, I worked in ICU for a long time and because of my particular interest in bereavement and grief and I had a lot of training around that, I always was the first to take a patient who was dying. Mm. Um, that sounds kind of morbid, but it's not. Um, and I think, you know, every time I've been closely involved with a family, whose family member is dying it's it's like I kind of think it's such an honor to be able to be part of it um and I know that because of my particular skills and stuff that that I can really make a difference to them and there's there was a a young chap gosh this was 30 years ago now um long story short he shot himself in the head um he didn't die immediately, so he was in intensive care um, on a ventilator and everything. Mm. And um, so his partner was there, and his, you know, his sisters and stuff. And then he he took a turn for the worse, and he was brain dead. And we were going to do organ harvest, but then it turned out that because of some factors that came up, we couldn't. But mm. I'm still uh, friends with his partner today. Um, really? We, yeah, yeah. We had such a prof- profound relationship over the just the two nights that I looked after him. Um, yeah, so things like that. And, um, yeah, so I couldn't just say one thing, but I think that's the thing that's been really, really important to me, doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's just like the human the human side of it all rather than the yes the job yeah. itself yeah yeah do what you get trained up mm. for things like that Anita when you're in that in that field or like is um, it in-depth training to deal with situations like that well I, I've done lots of different things that just sort of gave me a particular set of skills I suppose and, yeah. and um you know I've done specific counselling on like training on counselling and then done more stuff on um bereavement um and then I've done also did training on the specific thing of looking after a family and a patient who's brain dead and then having to ask Mm. them permission for organ harvest because that's probably you know one of the most difficult things ever so yeah, I've done quite a bit of training around all that stuff. How late on into that situation does that question come up? Do you have to leave it a certain amount of time? Um, no, because it just it's sort of in, you know there's an, it's indiv- it's individually sort of assessed. Yeah. Um, you know, it might be sort of mentioned quite. The person has oh yeah. Yeah, I'll just get, I'll just say it's played by ear. It's just you do it in the times right, sort of thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. If we can leave yeah. it there, we'll go into too much detail. Yeah, because <laughs> like I could talk about the whole process for several hours because it's find it the actual organ harvest thing, the things that you have to do beforehand, 
um, there's there's a humongous amount of preparation and work and stuff, and and then there's all then there's the involvement of the family as well because you're asking them to do something for the sake of someone else when yeah. their their own family member is dead, essentially dead, brain dead. So it's it's very very. God, I can't even think of one word to describe it. It's it's a tumultuous situation yes. for everybody. Yeah. But good, what a great question. Wow. Complex one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. Um, we've got Ryan C. Hello there, Pods up. Uh, I just want just wondered with you all being blunt and vocal if you ever had any backlash from it, and if so, does it bother you? And how do you get in that frame of mind? Um, oh, you answer that, T. Not from, not from the podcast. No, I don't think we've had any backlash on it. I think it's. I think we're quite neutral. I think really in a, in a, in opinions. Um, I th- we did have a slight drop, um, when I covered the pro- the whole pronoun thing because I, I didn't really slag them off, so to speak, people that use different pronouns. I just said that I didn't understand it. And we did lose a few um, followers from that. But mm. I've always been quite vocal anyway. I think I think as I've got older, I've been a lot more blunt. I'm very dry and sarcastic, which doesn't help. I think especially at work, people will message me on, we use Teams to communicate at work, and they'll just, they'll just ask me a normal question if they can do X, Y, and Z, or if I can fix this for them or that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll just put some at Sarka, like no, no. Who do you think you are, or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm... Well, so it's it's good to be fluent in sarcasm. I think it is. Not everybody <laughs> gets it. We've had a few um, no. <laughs> few interesting situations. <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose that that can come across quite negative if you if you don't get that kind of humour. But I, I've not had a backlash. I've definitely been. Um, in debates on like Facebook and things with stuff, if I've tried to keep things from a neutral perspective, I've often been called far right extremists. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. I get it quite oh. a lot. Um, oh, but I, I just think it's just the case of just not giving a shit, and I just think that comes with age. You know, you, you oh, definitely, definitely, and it, and it gets better. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just have to be because. You know, you've you've got to know what your own opinions are. You've got to have your own thoughts, and you know, yeah. And if, not everyone's always going to agree with you, and that's just fine. There is, and I think there's a. I think we've said it before, but there seems to be this correlation between people thinking that just because you don't agree with somebody, that you have to dislike them as a person or hate them, and it, that's just exactly. It's not the case. I I know a few people that people would say are very far left. Mm, and mm. woke and I have debates with them all the time but it never ends up in a spouting match at the end of it you know we we agree to disagree at the end sometimes we take a little bit from each other and then we go our separate ways everything's fine and then we'll speak again the next week so yeah it's... and that I mean you know in an ideal world that's sort of how it should be with everyone's differing mm. opinions but you know when you've got opinions on not you personally but when when someone's got strong opinions and they feel very deeply about a particular thing and you know someone else might sort of think the opposite and because you've got like emotion invested it as well yeah invested in it and you know you can you can have a big reaction to somebody sort of 
uh, coming head on at you when they don't agree with you. Um, but yeah, we're all entitled to our opinion. Absolutely. It, it's, I guess it's just, yeah, that's not an isolated thing because there's all these other little threads of feelings and stuff that come with that, isn't there? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, even the simplest of debates aren't as simple as what well. <laughs> they are. But yeah, I, I, I don't think we've really had any. Um, we've not had any messages telling us to fuck off, anyway. So that's probably... And even if we did, we wouldn't take any notice of it. <laughs> exactly. That's the answer, Ryan. Just don't give a shite. Just die on the hill that you're on, and that's it. So. That's it. Yep. Yep. That's it. This one, we're going to try and skirt around with words because the internet likes to censor things. Um, What, why uh, those things that you said, why can't we actually (laughs) just say them? What happens? I'm guessing, I don't know if it's from the government still or if it's just the platforms that have these things set in place, but algorithms and stuff are set up to flag up certain words. Um, they, they Why just, that topic? It's wow. been, been the same from day one, really, hasn't it? It's um, oh god, this is this is this is surprising to me. I didn't know any of this. So the topic is, <laughs> um, we're going to be speaking in tu- we're going to be speaking in tongues. <laughs> try and make it obvious without being too obvious. <laughs> yes, got got you. Um. Joshua B, since lockdown, I have never quite felt the same with my mental health. I wondered how you all found lockdown and if it affected your mental health poorly. After watching Hancock this week, I'm riddled with anxiety again. Um, so before we answer, the, I don't think it was the CV19 inquiry. I think it was the inquiry of the inquiry that, right. was, that was aired this week. And Matthew Hancock said that, in short, it wasn't, don't quote me, it wasn't word for word, that lockdowns were the best thing that we did. We should have done it a lot earlier and sooner, and we will be doing them again going forward, even if it's for the flu. So that's what he's, that's what um, Josh is referring to with Hancock's speech this week. Um, right. My my situation with lockdown is quite boring, so if you want to go f- first, Danny, and how you found it, because your work especially, I know, was affected by it. Yeah, but it well, my business has never recovered, um, and sort of returned to how it was before. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, but in terms of my mental health, I mean, mine's mine's boring too. I actually found lockdown. I didn't really struggle with mm. anything very much at all. Um, probably the the toughest thing was. Being at home with my husband twenty four seven. That was a challenge. That was... But, but, but we did we did say that if we can survive that, we will probably be able to survive most things. Um, like I, <laughs> I didn't find it. I didn't struggle with my mental health at all, and in fact, I kind of well, I took the thing that this is not really difficult for me. So I just tried to help. I cooked food for people, offered help, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever I could do for anybody else I was happy to do because it's kind of in a place where I could. 
Um, and then, you know, the long-term effects on my business, that's a, that's a complete other issue. But in terms of how it was as, for me as an individual, yeah, I didn't really struggle at all. So I just thought, well, what I what I turned my attention to was trying to help other people who were yeah. struggling. Yeah. How about you? How was it for you? You said it wasn't too tricky either. Not, not, not as being locked down, it wasn't tricky at all because I'd moved from – hospitality management to mm. working at home just literally yep. a month before and I've never worked from home I've always said I'd never do an office type job and it just so happened that I'd moved over to that so work-wise it didn't affect me I'm yep. quite a um introverted person anyway like in my own space so I'm quite happy to be <laughs> locked up inside away from the public um, but I had another two people. I had my partner there, and then I had my best yeah. mate was living with us at the time. So there was there was a yeah. couple of us there. Um, I think from a mental health perspective and the struggle, the thing that I struggled with with the what we were being told and the narrative that was being pushed every single fucking minute on the television. That's the thing that really mm. that I found difficult. Um, you know, because rules wise. You know, I still went out every single day. We were living in Newcastle city centre, so I used to go and walk down by the river if I wasn't working. Like, there's no one yeah. else down there. Um, so I still got out. Um, for the for Maybe for the first month, first, well, no, maybe for the first lockdown, I was kind of like, okay, it is, it is a bit, a bit worrying. Because um, we used to watch, it wasn't Chinese news, it was... I think it was somebody that used to live in China that does a YouTube channel that does news on China. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. they were covering it maybe a couple of weeks before CV19 landed in mm. the UK. Um, so we yeah. kind of we kind of had a rough idea anyway um, of what was going on. But yeah, it was just it was the media, the media for me that kind of messed around in my head a little bit things didn't make sense the numbers weren't adding up and then they were recorrecting themselves and changing things and how did they phrase it now it was deaths within 28 days say of testing positive and it was kind of like okay so say on the 1st of june i can test positive for mm. cv19 but then mm. in a week's time i get run over by a bus and 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 die from that um i still get put down as one of those COVID, because i test cv yeah <laughs> yeah you're all right i think we can slip with one yeah i only said half the word sorry go on <laughs> little, little things like that i i couldn't fathom how how people were not taking notice of those little details um, yeah and I think the whole thing was, and it's probably more the the government and um, the people that were working with them, their fault was there seemed to be a real big effort on pitching people against each other, mm. regardless of what you felt was the correct information at that time. And I think that was really detrimental to people's mental health. Not only were we as people that are designed to be social animals being told not to be with each other, you were then yeah. being pitched against each other and told that if this person thinks this or says this, they're in the wrong, they're a bad person, you need to stay away from them. Mm. So I th I understand why 
you know, it, it took an effect on people's mental health. Kids being out of school, I didn't agree with that. There's no need for kids to be out of school. Now we've got a big mental health crisis with kids. You know, I think that kind yeah. of yeah shows how easy it is, especially when you're being masked and muzzled. And, you know, I think humans are quite complex in communication, especially with facial expressions and things like that. And we had all that stripped away. Yep. Yes. You had all the people telling us not to go out and to do all these things that were blatantly on the news, just wearing a mask for five minutes for a photograph, then going off into their meetings or the beach parties down at the G whatever conference in Cornwall. They were just having a normal life. And that, that to me was when I had to pull back from my mental health from social media because it was obvious to me that these people that were telling us what to do didn't see this as a big deadly virus yet they were making out that it that it was and yeah. that's not to deny that it happened that's not to d- deny that some people died from it because they did you know yes. it, 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 yeah. it was it wasn't a nice thing but I think it was definitely exaggerated and I think they played a very interesting game there's a book called A State of Fear and I believe it's by Laura Dodsworth and if anyone's a reader because it's quite a complex book I'd highly suggest reading it and it just goes into how these people in the higher positions like Sage that was were they kind of our health regulated body or something Sage um I'm not sure it goes into because a lot of them are psychologists and and nudge Mm. units we've got nudge units that work in nearly every industry so they're the people that will put pictures on cigarette packets and say you know this is what your lungs are going to look like in (laughs) in 20 years the stupid billboards that we had up saying if you don't have a maxine injectable or you don't have a mask on can you apologize to this person for not doing your bit like they're the kind of that's the nudge team Um, yeah so the book really goes into the psychology the tactics that we use to get people to adhere to these these rules and regulations and how the media worked certain narratives and phrased things, um, which they do all the time with any story. We said this with the Phillips Goldfield thing, um, mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. with the way they used a younger man, it insinuates a certain thing. Um, yes. So, yeah, I'm a bit reluctant to say certain stuff because I know how sensitive things are with getting pulled on the subject. But there, if if you want a deep dive into everything like that, I'd highly suggest the YouTube channel. There's a guy called Ivor Cummings that's very good with data. Um, He's put a lot of videos together on data comparisons, how data was, it was true, but it was slightly manipulated to get the results that they wanted. Mm. Um, He's got a whole list of what all these politicians said of these, because you can hardly find any of them now, all the contradictions that they've, they'd put out on the televisions have nearly all been erased because they want you to forget about it. Because some of it mm-hmm. was absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, A lot of it didn't make sense. And they were doing the things that we were told not to. And Dr. John Campbell, he's called as well. Um, he's become very popular. He was very pro-maxine injectable. He was very on side with the government on the on the whole situation until he started getting his data through. I think he used to just be a general practitioner, I think. And Mm. to watch him 
sit and analyze all these figures that the date the government's own figures they're off off their website and watch him change in his perspective of everything and realize the look on his face of thinking shit they had me for a fool this whole really? time yeah yeah wow. his whole transition is incredible and now he's finally getting a voice and he's he's going on the news and stuff you know it's um yeah i th- I, I think the whole thing it's probably not the best term to use for it. I think the majority of it was a psychological game, and I can un- understand why a lot of people did struggle with the mental health. You know, you, as I say, we were separated from each other. You had yeah. your jo- jobs and livelihoods put on the line when it yep. was when it was unnecessary. Um, so I get it. I, if they do lockdowns again. I've got no idea. I certainly won't be following the rules. I'm sorry. I didn't wear a mask. I didn't have the the um, in-state injectable. I didn't really particularly stick down to lockdowns. That doesn't mean I went near anybody that was that was worried about it because, hell, there was a few of those people around. Mm. Um, I was respect respectful to other people. But, yeah, I, if they do it again, I'm sorry. I'm not having, I'm not having any of it. They can shove it up their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Right, then. <laughs> Um, I I do remember being really concerned about people people that I didn't know. Um, I really concerned about mm. women who were stuck in sort of uh, domestic yes. violence situations. I I fretted about that so much, and I couldn't specifically do anything, but I did worry about it a lot. Um, and also for elderly people who were living by themselves, um, just you know, being really concerned for that and, yeah, so, you know, the the, the situation was, was individual. Everybody was. had a dif- different circumstance and different set of issues to, um, you know, to deal with. Um, but I, I haven't heard anything about lock. Are they, are they just saying that they will do lockdown again if, a similar situation arises with something. That's... Yeah, he mentioned the flu as well. Um, that they'd do it again for the flu if it got really bad. Well, which conveniently disappeared during the time of CV one nine. There was no flu cases. Um, I don't. I don't think that they could implement that for the flu because it's just not as um, the mortality rate is not comparable no I, so yeah there wouldn't there wouldn't be any need for it i think i personally think he was just trying to because we we've had a pandemic plan put in place for a long long time um, mm. mo- most countries have and i think that was set by the world health organization yes. as well yes it was yeah the thing with matthew hancock is he got a lot of flack from the WhatsApp leaks that happened mm. not so long ago. Yeah. Um, he obviously had an affair, which was fine for him to go and mix between two households. At the time, we weren't allowed to go and see see people. Um, so when you couldn't go visit your own sick grandmother or yeah. say goodbye to them or anything. Yeah. So I, I think he's just trying to throw somebody else under the bus by saying all this stuff like i i did a good job you leave me alone back off i did the right thing have a look at everybody else that's not done their job but 
Yeah, coming back to your point of the um the care homes and the domestic violence, mm. that that really pissed me off because nobody spoke about that at the time. Um, all these mental health charities and domestic abuse charities, not a word, didn't say a bloody word. None of these celebrity endorsers said a word about it. And the minute that the pandemic was quote unquote over, um, mm. they all start back on social media again. Be kind. It's okay to be talk. Stand up against domestic violence. It's like, oh fuck you. Where were you mm. three three months ago when we <laughs> when we needed you the most? Yep. Um, yeah. So I'd probably say Josh, go out and interact with people that are on your wavelength with things. Um, I've certainly found that a lot easier. The way that it happens when I talk to people at work is one of them will hint a um, a, a belief at me with a certain topic as mm-hmm. if trying to encourage me to get my perspective and I won't say anything until they've kind of cross that line of like okay we're on the same wavelength we can talk <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah and yeah. that's how so just them. stuffing people out as to where they are it is i, I yeah. definitely think social media is very toxic for it you know it's yes well, there's no question about that is there no <sighs> well that crops up again actually in a little bit so <laughs> in a fashion <laughs> um but yeah, I'd probably say your best bet, Josh, really is um A, don't worry about lockdowns again. You know, if you if you're that passionate about them, you don't have to stick to the advice. They can I don't think anybody got that got fined at the time when it was illegal to go out actually had to pay a fine. It all got thrown out of court when they did go to court. Mm. Um so yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that again. I think a lot of stuff that happened back then and a lot of stuff that's been predicted for the future probably will happen. You know, but I think I don't know. I get the sense now that the public are a lot more open-minded, a lot more willing to look into things now. And I don't think people will put up with anything like that again. Some will, but I don't think the majority of people will just lie down so easily after mm. all this stuff has come out. Now I just don't yeah. think they will. People aren't stupid. Some well, people, some people. Let's are, just right? hope. <laughs> I said I thought it, but I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> let's just hope that we don't ever have to be in that situation mm. again in our lifetime, because you know, I, I I think it's fairly unlikely. I mean, pandemics don't sort of they're not common; they don't come round often. It's like, like every hundred years. I know it's not bang on every hundred years, but they say roughly about that, don't they? Yeah, I, but it's it's probably not a high chance of it happening again in our lifetimes. I don't think. Well, I know there's stuff yeah. with the whole lab, the lab leak things now being accepted. So maybe maybe this one, this time round, is a bit of an outlier compared to mm. the to the mm. other ones. But well, let's just hope. We'll see. We'll just see what doesn't happens. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> <Just see>. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. We'll see where it goes, but I, yeah, I, I definitely just hang around people with your same wavelength. Yeah. Gosh, to yeah. be honest, and I just wouldn't stress about it because you could be fifty years dead and buried by the time something like this happens again. So let's hope so. Don't, well, hold it. don't let it hold you I'm back. Not, I'm not hoping that we're dead and buried, but just <laughs> I don't. I'm not ready to do that yet. Just yet. And I, and I wouldn't be buried anyway. But yeah, it's I think good. we. I think we'd be very 
I don't think the chance of it happening again anytime soon is high. No, I think I think you yeah. probably need to be more worried about stuff like AI before you have to be worried about another pandemic mm. again. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Eleanor K asks, what do you all think about people that do OnlyFans? And what is your biggest ick on social media? You go. <laughs> I'm going to have to think. <laughs> uh, my biggest ick on social media would have to be, I've said it before on here, is the people that have the um, the badges on their profile. Oh, pictures. yes, I remember you said that. Oh, <laughs> God. I'm fully vaccinated. No one gives a shit. Go away. <laughs> Why does that... Why do you feel it necessary to put on your thing? I don't. I I must have about thirty, forty friend requests pending in my request thing, and the only reason I've not accepted them is because they've got "I'm fully vaccinated" on their um, <laughs> profile picture. I just <laughs> like you're not going to like me as a person. We're not going to get along very well, and I'm probably not going to like you as a person. So that's probably my biggest ick on social media is weirdos that put badges like that on them. I'm going to go and put a badge on mine now and see if you unfriend me. <laughs> oh my god, it's like you know, there's not been that many pride ones this year, but normally the pride ones are plastered on everybody's. Yeah, they're everybody's quite, they're quite thing, common. Thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> only fans. Um, I've got no issue with people doing it if that's what they want to do. You know, it, it depends on the circumstances. I'm sure some people are doing it because they they think they it's another source of income, and they probably I don't know they mm. might might have struggled after lockdown to get money, or they've lost the job, mm-hmm. or they've spent from a partner, and mm-hmm. you know they they haven't depend on themselves, and it's just another source of income. Um, I'm sure some people just do it because they're completely narcissistic and think that everybody wants to to see the nude. Um, mm. The only time that it doesn't piss me off, but the only time that I think, oh, for God's sake, is the people that do it on Facebook. Because a lot of the p- majority of the people that do it that I've got on Facebook, like I've already seen them pictures anyway. I've known you for twenty years. You've not been the most <laughs> virginal person on the planet with or, or discreet person. So why am I? Why would I want to pay ten dollars a month now to have a look at them? Um, <laughs> It's just a little bit beggy, I think. It's a little bit, a little bit desperate. Um, I think there's a big misconception about it as well. I think everybody, people go into it, especially like the younger ones in the twenties, go into it thinking they're going to make a shed load of money. And there's like one percent of people yeah. on there that make the big, big dollars, you know. And yeah. if somebody's signing up to one person's only fans i highly doubt they're going to sign up to another five people's at the price mm. of it you know if they if they're going to pick one they're going to pick one they're not going to do multiple subscriptions um, so i think the idea that if you're going into it thinking you can make shitloads of money is false i don't think there is that much money into it you might do all right but i don't think you're going to be living the high life doing only fans unless you're very lucky and it's the same in the porn industry and i've got a few old friends or exes that are in the porn industry and mm-hmm. one of them's done extremely well very well well off with himself and the other ones it lasted a couple of years no one was that interested and they're now in a normal mm-hmm. relationship living down south somewhere um so interesting yeah if you want to do it do it i'm envious that anybody 
with the confidence to put their body out like that on the internet you know it's you know, it it must be nice to have that level of confidence but i just think just be mindful i see a lot of comments on people under people's advertisements posts saying that you know you've got you've got to be careful people don't screenshot your photographs they're on the internet then forever and they kind of defend it saying oh well it's against the terms and conditions to screenshot other people's pictures but, there's fucking full websites that are dedicated to screenshots yeah <laughs> people are going to do it anyway of yeah, course they so are it's not that heavily it. regulated yeah yeah, um, yeah. so yeah I, I've, I've not got an issue if you want to do it do it just you know just just be careful with it don't ram it down people's throats on facebook when you've got your (laughs) sodding nana on there as well um and don't expect to become a billionaire off it because the chances are you're never going to get to that one percent even if people have put in the little caption things on twitter i'm in the top one percent you're fucking not you've got five followers on twitter mate you're definitely not in the top one percent yeah 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 that's me you do you just 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 be careful with what you're doing i suppose yeah it just seems to be popular though doesn't it Yes, it does. It does, and and I think if if you can, uh, if you want to, and you use it as a source of income, whether it's a little bit extra or that you you know make thousands every month, mm-hmm. well, good luck to you. Good luck to you. That's that's all I've, I've <laughs> got to say about it. It's just like, yeah, I I, I remember seeing something once about uh uh young girl in her 20s and she she was making shed loads or mm-hmm. said she was and she just did feet things and it's like wow if you can make heaps of money from just doing pictures of you you know going on with your feet sort of thing again good luck to yeah. you so i hear more stories of people doing well with the feet pictures than i do of only fans like doing the full frontal stuff. I know. Mm, mm. I don't know if I should say anything, but my my partner's mate, she did feet pictures. I think that was just through Instagram, you know. And she made a, a killing from that, absolute mm. killing. Um, Again, good luck to her. Yeah, just having a coffee in the morning on the sofa with her socks off and sent a picture, and she's got two hundred quid. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, you know, if pe- if people are going to pay you to, you know, massage cream into your feet and mm-hmm. go live doing it, well, then hey, why wouldn't you? Good luck. I, def- I definitely do that. I just... <laughs> I'd put a bit of nair hair removal cream on my feet just for a couple hundred quid. Why not? <laughs> I think we're in a different society now, aren't we? Are it is a very sexualized society in general adverts are all sexual and flirty you know. yeah but, that, but that's nothing new no it's it's probably i think maybe, maybe i've just noticed it more paying attention to stuff a bit more maybe um yeah but yeah it's the yes but sometimes you know i mean i've i've been in the situation myself that like um in order to just earn enough money to keep our heads above water like i i was a phone sex operator for a couple of years um and i didn't do it because i loved it (laughs) that's for sure but um 
yeah, it's just I, I, something that I did, just did because it was a, it was a way to earn a bit more money, especially mm-hmm. especially over like over Christmas when you know my classes take. I don't teach over Christmas. No one's going to do Zumba on Christmas Day, <laughs> um, <laughs> including me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just I just did that um, as a way of earning some extra money. So it was basically like put, put food on the table. I wonder if they're still popular now, phone sex lines, and the ones that used to get in the back of magazines where it was like, text this number for a dirty time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I don't do that anymore, and, and I don't, obviously, I don't go on the the, uh, the forum or anything like that yeah. anymore. So, But I would assume, yeah, still is popular. Um. But getting back to the other bit of the other the initial question, just things I find biggest ick on Facebook. It's just like if someone posts something and you don't agree with it, just fucking scroll on. Like more often than not, it's a stranger. Why would you bother to waste ninety seconds of your life putting a comment on to someone that you 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 don't know, you'll never yeah. meet, and you don't agree with? Like who gives a fuck? <laughs> scroll just get, I mean I see things I disagree and dislike all the time and I don't, it's just like yeah whatever just let it go you know who can, oh. there's always always one isn't there that's got to be <laughs> yeah. the righteous warrior and the jump yeah. yep yep keyboard warrior or whatever you want to call it but yeah Oh, I'll tell you something else that really <laughs> gets on my wit. <laughs> Often it's in like smaller community groups because um, I'm, I'm in a few of those. Um, oh, oh, I've just seen three ambulances go down XYZ Street. Um, oh, does anyone know what's happening? I hope everyone's okay. Uh, probably if you need an ambulance, someone's not okay. Also, if someone needs an ambulance, they're probably not going to read your post on Facebook and type, yeah, it's all right, I'm okay. Um, Why? Why do people do that? It's just fucking weird. Again, how come you've got spare time to do that? It's just like, oh, God. that's, That's just, I just find it equally annoying and hilarious you know like it's yeah i just don't get that but there you go so i'm gonna say that's my biggest (laughs) ick they're the kind of people that would tag themselves in hospital without saying anything and then when somebody comments asking if they're all right underneath they'll put inbox me yes (laughs) yes Oh God, yeah. It's it's just like the oh, I've never felt so low in my life. Everyone's like, oh, are you okay, hun? Oh, what's wrong? Ah, DM me, DM me. I'll message you. I'll message you. Fuck off. Oh my God, it's just it's so funny, isn't it? If anybody wants a really good laugh, um, there's a a Facebook group called Harrogate Grumbler. Um. And it, no. oh my god! And it lives up to its name. I don't think they intended it to be like that, but it is basically just a load of posh toffs moaning at the most ridiculous things, like proper having a meltdown. 
Um, it, it's hilarious. They might not what? let you in because you're not from Harrogate, but give it a try because it's fucking. Oh god, it might, might be like. <laughs> I'll just put a post because I can't get vine ripe and tomatoes at yeah, this is, yeah, today. That's what Oh, people just have too much time on their hands, honestly. Yeah, yeah, literally, I just think, why have you got time in your life to, like, do all, put all that stuff? But anyway, there you go. But, yeah, just, so if you're listening, people, just, and you see something on Facebook that you don't (laughs) like or you don't agree, just scroll past it. It'll improve you. It'll improve your life so much. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Claire R. Anita, from what I have gathered on the episode so far, you have been in the UK for a long time. How does living in the UK compare to living in Australia? And would you recommend going to Australia for long-term trips? Oh, what a good question, Claire. Um, So I've been here uh, almost 13 years. It'll be 13 years in August. Um, How does life compare? It's chalk and cheese, and there are things that I have here that I couldn't have in Australia Mm. and vice versa. So the things that are positives here for me are that international travel is so close and cheap and easy, and part of the deal with my husband for me coming over here was that we do that as much as we can. Um, so that's a huge plus because I've gotten to see, well, you know, I completely ticked off my bucket list. I had to start another one because I, <laughs> I, I got to go to all these places I'd sort of yearned for. Um, like I, I've been wanting to go to New York for like 25, like however many years, you know, desp- and thought. And from Australia, it's like, well, it's not something that I'm going to be able to do. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's one plus. Um you know, you can't nip to um, Rome for a few days from Australia. It's too far and you're too jet-lagged and then you've got to turn around and come back home. So, so yeah, so that's one of the biggest pluses for me, that we travel as much as we can. And um, my husband's got a really good job here and he wouldn't be able to get that sort of job with the salary that he earns in Australia. So... They're two big pluses. And, you know, and I've been able to establish my little business um, and we bought a house and we've got the best doggo in the world. So, yeah, they're all the good (laughs) things. And the things that I miss about Australia that I don't have here, um, obviously my friends and my family, that's the first Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Just generally the quality of uh, food, both when going out and buying stuff in the supermarket um, and the weather <laughs> and the lifestyle. Um, it's a different country, so there's a different lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we kind of focus on different things. Uh, you know, a lot of it actually stems from the climate. Um, you know, it's generally hotter in Australia, so you can spend more time. We, we're much more out, outside. I'm not going to say outdoors as in, sporty things yeah. but outside activities because of the the weather um and then you know um i recommend going there fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, I imagine from the point of view of someone visiting the place that I can't like what's not to love about visiting the country, you know. Um, we have the most amazing beaches and great restaurants and good weather and stuff like that. So, yeah, go there if you can. Just you know, it's it's a tough haul to get there if you mm -hmm. if you if you're flying um, uh, cattle class. It's twenty four hours sitting in a seat, squashed next to all these other <laughs> people who may not necessarily have had a shower recently. Um, <laughs> oh, sigh. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't sort of say blanket statement. Yes, go there because it might not be the kind of holiday that you want to have but you know if you like sunny weather and good food and pristine beautiful beaches with literally no one else on them then yeah go <laughs> <laughs> just do it yeah just do it yeah just do it i thought i, I mean I, I don't know i don't think a lot of people do but i probably assume that if you're going to do say like a six months trip like the young ones often do don't they to go to yeah, australia yeah. Yeah. Is maybe book in a few different places so that you're not restricted to just one area. So if it's not for you, at least you've got something else to, yeah. to or, move on I to. I think a lot of people too, if they sort of do go there, they'll also sort of combine it with maybe like a trip to Thailand or Bali mm. or, you know, somewhere like that along the way, whatever. Just, you know, if you're going to go all that way, you may as well see as much as you can. Um, but I know that... It's like if you sort of decide that you want to move there, it's much harder to get into Australia than it is here. Um, there's a lot of hoops that you have to go through and you have to, like, really prove that you can contribute something mm. to Australian society that Australian any Australian couldn't contribute so that you need to have something quite unique to sort of bring to the country or be in a profession that we need more of. That's my understanding yeah. of getting into our country so yeah good question though good that question. seems to be what they focus on nothing to declare anyway <laughs> <laughs> yes. just just watch that if you want to know the rules and regulations and getting it <laughs> yeah yep yep <laughs> um we'll scrap that one we've already done the whole lockdown thing mm -hmm. um where are we Pauline W, nice and easy one. Um, Tiago, you've mentioned your book a couple of times on the episodes. What's it about and when can we buy it? Um, you can't buy it, actually, because <laughs> nowhere near me. Because I, I can't put a price on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not really got – I've kind of stopped stop and start it. Um, yeah. I've rewritten – because Anita very, very kindly read the very first draft of the first chapter. Um and I, I've rewritten it now to make it a bit more, bit more simpler. Story-wise, now it's a bit, a bit more complicated. There's kind of two elements to it. Um, the, the outer story is now loosely around essentially two brothers that have been drifted apart for a while. Um, mm. So you've got the older brother, which is my name, Tiago, and then you've got the mm -hmm. younger one, which is Alessio. Um, mm -hmm. 
and it becomes evident at the beginning that they've not spoken for a long time, that Alessio's had a really hard, hard past, a lot of trauma mm. in his past, and his older brother un- understands what he's gone through, but he doesn't fully understand the details of it. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the outer story is really kind of that, trying to reconnect so that they can both heal and move on from everything. Mm. Um, and then the the inner stories really a mix of two i mean a, it's kind of a, a love a love story in the middle um you know that this the story kind of picks up where it's the night of alessio's death and then an hour before that happens he meets a stranger that kind of turns the world around a little bit for him and then we mm-hmm. kind of dig deep into human emotions connections fate um mm. th- that kind of thing and then obviously a good chunk of it at the beginnings um going into those traumas so it's kind of a, it's a mix of mix of everything at the minute i'm still trying to trying to work it out um mm. how to format it mm. in a more simplistic way mm. for for reading but yeah i don't, i've got no time limit of when it when it has to be has to be finished or anything like that so i'm just kind of taking my time and just diving in and out when when i feel like it um, yeah i'm looking forward to reading more i'll send you a copy <laughs> just when it whenever whenever you know whenever it uh whenever it happens because like you say you haven't got to publish it or an editor breathing down your neck saying you've got to be finished it by christmas so you know you'll get it done when it's done that's it. and it's trying. It's, tr- it's trying. It's really like because I read quite a lot of books. Mm. So it's it's. You'll sometimes you'll start writing, and even if what you're writing's true, you'll find that you kind of end up putting it in a way that you know has already been done. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So as I said, I stopped. I originally started writing this back in 2018 and stopped, and the only reason that I kind of got a second win to write it was because I read Call Me By Your Name by Andre Ackerman. Um, mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant book. If no one's read it, I, it's the best thing I've ever read in my entire life. Wow. Um, and it was reading that book that kind of gave me um, a bit of fuel to do it again because the two stories, the the running thread in the middle of his story is pretty similar to the one that I'm writing. Um, and his analysis of relationships and how people feel behind the scenes is just in, incredible. But I do worry sometimes that I think, well, if someone's read both his book and then this one, it might look it's similar. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're sort of still trying to really find or refine your writing style, aren't you? I am because it changes quite a lot. Cause I, I, yeah, yeah. The the version you read, I think it'd be fair to say it was quite wordy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I've had to strip that ri- really far back. Um, I've mm. kept kept quite a few big words in there, but it's not every other word that's. Quite a big <laughs> <word>. <laughs> <laughs> so it it definitely reads a lot more easier, and it's just repeating as well. I think when you when you're writing about emotions and if you're in one 
mindset for so long. There's only so many ways you can describe it. And you find when you're writing it down that you repeat the same phrases or words a lot because there's there's nothing yeah. else to describe it the yeah. way that you're feeling. And that, that's been quite difficult trying to reword things that doesn't skip the point but it's not repeating what you said four yeah, pages get the, ago. You've got to get, get the balance between those two mm. things, don't you? Yeah. But yeah, it's been a <laughs> it's it's been a journey. In terms of buying it, I don't know. Um and I've said it on the random video thing that I did Oh well, but uh, uh, even though that the um, the two brother story around mm. it is not necessarily true, the 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 context of the book is true. But then in that, you know, you, there's there's real people in there that were there at that time and experienced those things and those moments and said certain things, and it's it's hard to know how to get in contact with certain people. Like, Anita, mm. you've read it. You were probably there. You might have remembered some of the stuff in the bits that you read, but you know, I, I pulled people out of the story that wasn't rele- rele- relevant, but not mm. that they weren't relative in life. It was just for the story it wasn't important. But I've not had the joys of doing that with everybody. There's some main key characters in there that yes. I just haven't... I can't contact them. I've got no means of doing it. We're either don't have numbers, emails or blocked on Facebook. So it's kind of, you know, do you put it out there at the risk that they're going to read it, even if it's under a different name and they're going to try and sue you for using them in the story? So there's... I don't, I don't, I don't know. know how it works. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like if you if you put someone in a story, can they sue you? I don't know. I, oh, suspect, I, don't, I, don't I know. suspect not, but I don't know. I don't know for sure, one way or the other. I'd kind of assume that no matter what anybody goes through in life, even if it's fucking terrible or absolutely brilliant, that the majority of us will all experience the same thing. So maybe you couldn't get somebody done for writing about it because where's your proof? True. And if you you write about an incident that actually happened... They, like if it, if it actually happened, you can't sue someone for saying the truth, can you? Well, I mean, in 2023, you probably can. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, maybe. Yeah. After I said that, I thought, yeah, you probably can. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, Anita already knows, but I didn't paint my ex out to be the nicest of, of people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then I, I never once ever said his name. Um, I ref- refer to him as other words or metaphors. Um, yeah, and and if people if people are reading it and sort of don't either they've met you later in life or they don't know you, then there's no harm in bringing putting that in your book, is there? And I I don't think there is, and I I, I doubt really the majority of of them would remember in all honesty um especially when it came came to my ex because i think the the problem is when you do real writing is obviously you can't remember word for word what everybody said so you've got to kind of fill in the (laughs) paraphrase yeah yeah, paraphrase a little bit Um, so you know some of the stuff that i've said that he said might not be word for word word for word 
Um, but but you know you get the you get the gist of what you're saying, and presumably you're not making stuff up. So you know. Well, this uh, that that's another part that's difficult is um, not not making stuff up, but trying to what's the word. The telling of a memory, how how it actually was, not might be how you perceived it back then, if that makes sense. Yeah, and um, I think the the further back in your in your life something is, then perhaps your recollection or memory of it mm-hmm. is is slightly distorted for whatever reason. But yeah. I think you know you see it often in the beginning of books, saying any errors in this are entirely my fault, and um, this is. You know, this is my, to the best of my ability, that these are my recollections and my memories and this is how I experienced it. Um, sort of like a blanket statement that what I'm going to put in here is what I remember to the best of my ability sort of thing. Um, but any two people are going to retell a story from their own perspective and more often than not it is going to be slightly different or a lot different because it's someone's perspective isn't it absolutely i in fact i remember after me and that ex broke up i don't think we spoke for six seven months and then we we did briefly on facebook mm. um and it's, instead of welcoming him back into life with open arms i said that's we can talk but this is this is how you feel this this is how i feel this is how you made this is how you acted and this is how it came across mm. um and then he gave his side of the story as well i mean we didn't fucking agree <laughs> at all and no. we kind of went separate ways but he had his his own take on certain things i mean he d- he didn't take an acknowledgement of of how he came across but you know that's that's life but yeah mm-hmm. people do definitely have um two sides to to every story really yeah um, yeah yeah that's true you've that's just true. i think whatever angle you're coming at you've just got to treat things with respect don't you? you've just got to yeah and like i said it's your perspective your recollection so it's perfectly valid and someone else might not have the same recollection yeah. same memories but that's how it is. I'd highly recommend it, though, if anyone's uh, got a couple of screws loose or not dealing with things very well. <laughs> writing it down does write work. Write it all down, yes. <laughs> write it down. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely recommend it. But, yeah, there's no um, take the theme with a pinch of salt with the whole two brother thing because it, it might change, change you. Yeah. Um, but that's the angle that it is. And buying-wise, I don't I, I don't know. We'll just see what happens. Um, yeah. I can never, I don't know if you're the same, but I can never stay focused too long on one thing. I'll start something and then something else will pop into my head and I'll start doing, getting sucked into that and then I'll break off from that. <laughs> I'll go back no. to what I was doing originally. I'm the opposite. Are you really? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Laser focused on one thing. Just, yeah. Maybe um, I need you as a guidance. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like... Uh, we had some some uh, issues with our dog's behaviour, and <laughs> um, we went to a 
specialized um well he's not specialized he's 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 a dog trainer but he has the same breed of dog that i have and um so he really really understood what she needed but I had access to, he's got like an online academy, he calls it, and there's all these training videos. And I had free access to them for a month. And for, for a month, I did nothing else. It, my head felt like it was going to explode with dog stuff because <laughs> I just, I suppose it was because I had a time limit on it being free, but I just watched training video after training video because I was just trying to get as much information yeah. as I could. And I felt like, yeah, that's what I felt like in my head that was just going to go explode and all these dogs were going to pop out sort of thing. <laughs> but but I think that's just I'm very much um, sort of like a continuing theme in my life that it's like all or nothing it's like going to do something it's just like do it to the fullest extent yeah. um, and just get absolutely obsessed with that particular not obsessed but absolutely immersed in that particular thing um yeah i'm i'm very much an all or nothing i think that comes out in lots of different areas um in my life so that's you know, probably like a, the better I've way been, to... <laughs> no it's not better it's just different it's just like i've been obsessed with one band for 23 years <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i can't even remember what the thread was now what we, where do we go? How do we get here? <laughs> Jesus. I don't know when. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I'm yeah, sorry. We, we, I we, don't know. We, we got here for a reason, Anita, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't actually know what the hell it is. <laughs> oh, dear. What well, we time were are we? About, are... We, were, we were talking about your book and we digressed. Yeah. Uh, it's We'd... 9.30. I think we've done all right there then, darling. Yes, we have. Have we, have we answered everyone's questions? Yeah, there's a few more about the whole Matthew Hancock and the um, inquiry thing, but... But we sort of touched I on yeah, that, I d- yeah, I don't really want to push it too much because I'm very aware that we'll probably just yeah. get, get pulled and censored, so there's no point. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, we're not being rude. It's just not, it's just not worth it for mm-hmm. the sake of doing this for a hobby once a week. So. Yeah. <laughs> To all the people who listen, first of all, thank you. And secondly, keep asking us questions because I'm just loving it. I'm just absolutely loving answering these questions because they're such good. They're interesting. Isn't you know what? It's um, They've been a lot more positive than reading the news for the last... I mean, I have read the news, but do you know what I mean? Rather than just mm-hmm. going over news stories, it's been a lot more of a... An enjoyable, enjoyable experience than yeah, agree, that tribe. agree, yeah, absolutely. So send us more questions, people out there who listen to our please <laughs> to, who listen to our little ramble on Sunday. Send us more questions, make them juicy and interesting, and make us think. <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of them are from work. one of the messages from work um, yeah. the other day, saying that she actually gave Katie Hopkins's interview with. A try from oh good from our from our yeah. episode of the week, and she said, "Okay, fair enough. I see you're in a different light now." So, yeah, good changing oh, lives, a... isn't he? <laughs> oh, hugely, hugely. 
because we're that fucking important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Dear. <laughs> right, my dad, I will let you get off yep. and finish yes. the rest of your day. Yep, I'm off to more doggy training <laughs> things with my pup. Are you going back for a snooze or are you all right for the day? Uh, we're having a completely declutter, so it's housework for me Ooh, now. Oh, so. I love it. Oh, I love, oh, God, I wish I lived closer. I love a declutter. I really do. Cluttered house, cluttered mind, as they say. Absolutely. Which is, which is true. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, then, my love. All right, then. Thank you for this morning. Yep, thank you. And we will speak next week. Goodbye. Okay, bye for now. Bye. bye.